We're going to be looking at uh, Colossians 1, verse 22. If you're a regular here, hopefully you have a Bible with you. Uh, if you don't, stick your hand in the air and one of the stewards uh, will bring a Bible to you. Uh, as Liam has already said, this is our monthly church at prayer evening. And uh, we tend to have a theme for a few of these evenings in a row. And our new theme from tonight is the biblical but nows. Uh, places in the Bible where uh, the writer states but now and leads us on to a truth revealed. Uh, each helps us to focus our prayers on a specific aspect of God's Word, a specific aspect of what Christ has accomplished. And each is also a pivot. Each is also a part dividing past from present, in the past, but now, before Christ, but now. But now, of course, is meaningless unless you know what went before. The uh, U.S. president during the First World War, Woodrow Wilson, said, but now, I am a reformed character. But unless you know what went before that, that's meaningless. Immediately you think, but what are you reformed from? So as we look at Colossians 1.22, we have to start one verse back to give it a little bit of context. So if you're using one of the uh, church Bibles, page 1182, Colossians 1 verse 21 and 22. Once you were alienated from God, and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. It's the gospel encapsulated, isn't it? In the past, alienation, present reconciliation. Let me give that just a little bit more context. This was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Colossae. It's written approximately 30 years after the death and resurrection of Christ. Paul's writing from prison in Rome, and we know that he's writing to a church that's facing difficulties. It's facing difficult teaching. Now, we don't exactly know what the teaching was, but we do know that Paul responds by putting before them the beauty and truth of the gospel. If you don't know this letter, go home and read it. And read chapter 1, which is just this beautiful hymn from Paul. He tells us the gospel is bearing fruit. God has rescued us from darkness. We have redemption. We have forgiveness. Christ is the image of the invisible God. And then we come to verse 21. This is the past. This is what we were. Once we were alienated from God. We were His enemies. Why? Because of our evil behavior. And we don't see the beauty of the but now until we grasp the reality of the once past. We don't see the joy of the restored relationship until we understand the horror and the sadness of being cut off from Him. And not just cut off from God, but his enemies. Think of all those passages where God speaks of his attitude to his enemies. 
We're studying Isaiah in the mornings at the moment. And in Isaiah 59, he says, according to what they have done, so he will repay wrath to his enemies. We are due God's wrath. So when we pray, as we're going to, first of all, we pray looking to the past and seeing our alienation. We were alienated by our sin, by our behavior. It was our fault we were cut off. We started as Adam's children, already alienated, but we made that personal. We made it our own. We added our own evil behavior. But Paul's point is not a guilt trip for us. It's not meant to weigh us down. Rather, it's as we look to the past, we see how wonderful, how marvelous God is that He has given us this present reconciliation. If we truly understand our sinfulness, our need of Christ, then we are truly joyful that we are forgiven and that God has given so much for us. Past alienation, but present reconciliation. But now, He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Do we see what God has done for us? Do we see what's in that? What has He done? He has reconciled us. He has taken us from being His enemies, and He has made us His friends. No, He hasn't made us His friends. He has made us His children. No, He hasn't just made us His children. He has made us His heirs. Verse 12, He has qualified us to share in His inheritance. That's the what. Who? God did it all. He has done it. He has reconciled us. We play no part. We respond in faith, but we couldn't do that unless God had first reached out to us, had reconciled us. Without that, nothing we do could be effective. This is not ours through our commitment, through our acts, through our effort, even through our love for each other. He has done it all. How has He done it? by Christ's death on the cross, by His physical body, through death. We remembered Christ's death this morning as we gathered around the communion table. He bore the punishment that was due to us. God didn't let that evil behavior go unpunished, but rather He sent Christ as His Son to bear that punishment. Our sin has consequences. And that consequence was that Christ died. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. Who, what, how, why? To present us holy, without blemish, free from accusation. This is total pardon, the forgiveness of sins, the slate wiped clean. It's not even as if we've been accused and acquitted, it's as if no accusation could ever even have been made. There was no one there to accuse us. We are completely holy in God's sight. Charles Spurgeon puts it like this, God looks at me tonight as righteous. 
Now, I don't even look at myself that way. I look at myself and I see all my flaws. I see my failures. I see my weaknesses. But God sees me in Jesus. And he looks at me in Christ and sees me without blame, holy, unreprovable. I love that. How thankful I am for that place I have in Christ. Because of him, God sees me as perfect. And when has he done it? Now. Now he has done it. There is nothing else to do. In the past, alienation. But in the present, now, reconciliation. We don't have to look forward to some future day. We rejoice now because we are one with God. And when we rejoice in prayer tonight, we can do that in the knowledge that we are not alienated, but we are reconciled right now. We are reconciled. Is that it? Well, in a sense, yes, it is. Our alienation was past, and our reconciliation is present. But Dick Lucas, writing in this verse, says that this change from alienation to reconciliation is always accomplished and accompanied by a change in heart. The reconciled man is a new man in Christ. Now he loves and reveres the God he distrusted, and he who loves the Lord comes to hate evil. Is that true of us? Have we come to love God? Do we hate evil? Do we see ourselves growing in understanding of that? And in the following verses, Paul begins to dig into that in more detail. And if you want to do that, then why not pick up the sermon series from the end of last year when Paul and Liam preached through this? The Woodrow Wilson quote, by the way, I used to be a lawyer, but now I am a reformed character. Well, I can't say that. But I can say I used to be God's enemy, and now I am holy in his sight. I used to be alienated from him, but now I am reconciled. Past alienation, present reconciliation. Let's be joyful in our prayers for all that God has accomplished for us through Christ.